So don't be discouraged. And, and also there's something that the Lord was... And, and again, I, I'm not trying to make this a doctrinal thing because how many would say... You know, we hear all the time, we have a spiritual problem in this nation. And I got thinking about that, meditating on that, and praying about that a little bit. And I'm thinking, you know, we really don't have a spiritual problem. The Spirit of God has no issues. He knows exactly where he's at. He's not confused and he's not lost. We do have a seeking and obedience problem, however. Okay, that went over big. Praise God. All right, so, see, don't get confused. So here's the question. The next couple of weeks I'm going to be preaching, and this is kind of the title of the series, but I want you to hear it correctly. And, and the question is, why are you here? Why are you here? Now, obviously as a pastor, most pastors would say, do not go to the pulpit and ask that, then people will start wondering, why am I here after all? Get cut your church in half. But no, that's, it's a rhetorical question. It's why are you here? Okay? Because let me, let me run some. Is it for the music? Is it for the fellowship? Is it for the absolute phenomenal preaching that you get every week? Okay? Is it to make you feel good about yourself? Is it because it's the right thing to do? All of those things are good. But all of those things should come from an overflow of something deeper in your life than that. So I'm asking you, why, why are you here? What are you seeking? What is it that you want? Okay, the word. Now, we're going to get to that. And that's good. That's the right answer. Now, here's the thing. What are you hoping to gain? Do you think it's all going to be on your terms? A lot of people come to church thinking it's going to be. Do you think it's going to always be easy? Do you think it, do you, do you come looking for peace, joy, strength, wisdom, and comfort, but think that you're not going to go through tribulation and have to fight for that? A lot of people do. So again, why, why are you here? If I go to church, man, my life is going to get better. Yes, it will. But you may have a few bad days in between. Let me just be honest with you. I got born again. The biggest lie that people tell people, you get born again, man, your life's going to be great. Yes, it will. It's the greatest thing that you can do. But you are going to have to fight. Do you know, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. Don't look at me because maybe I'm the only one and I'm a backslidden heathen for it. But, but I get up some days and I hate everybody. Yeah, but you're the preacher. Yeah, I know. I don't like me. I don't like you. I don't like nothing. But you're supposed to love everybody. Yeah, well, I don't. We have to, and guess what? I have to fight through all of that. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today and, 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 I want to, and make some things clear. Do you know that all of those things that you're looking for comes from seeking the Lord? And I'm not talking about casually. I'm talking about you intend, intentionally seek the Lord. What if you went into a marriage casually? What's that look like? What does it look like? Well, you know, I could take it today. I can leave it. If you are going to be married and you want to stay married, you got to fight sometimes for that. Not with each other. Let me clarify that for the CD land. Not with each other. Sometimes you have to fight for that peace, that joy. 
Because I know that there's some mornings, and I don't understand it, but there's some mornings my wife may wake up and look at me, and her heart may not go pitter pat, thinking, boy, you're the hunkiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she may not feel that. She should, because that's the truth. <laughs> but she may not. She's got to fight through those feelings. All right? Because, you know, listen, I understand, man. When you first get married, you first meet somebody, your heart goes pitter pat, nobody thumping. You know, you get married, and then all of a sudden you roll over, and there's your wife, man, and she's got pillow face and pillow hair, and she's got breath that could bend steel, and it's not about feelings then. It's about commitment. She might even snore. She might even snore. She won't admit it, but she might. You see, you cannot go into a relationship casually with the Lord either. So many people are waiting for the Lord to do something. He's already done it. He died. Guess what? It's up to us. Now, what am I, where am I going with this? We need to be self-feeders. What are you talking about? Now, I used this analogy a little bit last week. If, let's say Sunday mornings, this was a restaurant, and you came to this place, restaurant, once a week, and that's the only meal you had all week, how long would you survive? How long would you be strong? How long would you be able to go to your job and do any work? How long would it be before you're sick and ill? How long would it be before you die? You know how many Christians do the very same thing? Well, I do my Sunday visitation and I get the word and I get built up for one meal. I'm going to tell you something that should be a revelation to you. This Sunday morning stuff is the dessert. What you're doing at home in your word, that's the meal. That means that you have to take personal responsibility for your salvation and your own walk. That is something that is contrary to everything that you're seeing going on in the world today. Do it for me or I'm not doing it. I cannot do it for you. I can pray with you. I can give you the tools. I can show you the direction. I cannot walk it for you. can't. If I could, I would. I can carry your burden for you. But I can't walk this thing out. You've got to decide to do that. So, we need to get to, Lord more, to know the Lord more intimately. How do you know you hear from the Lord? It's got to line up with the Word of God. I've heard people tell me, well, the Lord told me, and I'm like, excuse me? Where is that in the Word of God anywhere? If it doesn't line up with this Word of God, you're just having a bad pizza night. <laughs> See, there means that we must do something. So many people think, that they're just going to walk down the street and the Lord's just going to say, bang, oh, there you are, Lord. Do you know, um, there was a guy that I knew years and years and years ago, wild man for Jesus. He got a hold of Jesus in the middle of a yogi meditation. And it wasn't the yoga that brought him to Jesus. It was because he was seeking the truth. He was looking in the wrong place. But he was still seeking the truth. And the Bible says if you're seeking the truth, you'll find the truth, no matter where you're at. But see, too many people use that excuse. Well, see, I'm seeking a truth, a truth, but not the truth. If you're seeking the truth, you'll find the truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ and his word. I'm pretty punchy already this morning, I know. But the sun's shining. We're in the eastern upper peninsula. There's no snow on the ground yet, so I'm excited. So ask yourself, what's your hunger level? Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, my kids growing up, my son, 
He'd walk through the door and he's, I'm hungry. Okay, well, whatever we got. Well, I didn't realize he had five of his buddies behind him. They're all hungry. Like a bunch of locusts, man. <laughs> Wipe out everything. What's your hunger level? And what are you hungering for? Your way, your desires, your thing, or the Lord's? And I'm going to help you out with your decision making in just a second. See, and I'm not talking about trying to be or act super spiritual. I'm talking about being in a real relationship with a real Savior that has real answers, and we have to be real with Him. See, the church should be a place that messed up people come. I don't know, I don't know what your background was, Presbyterian, Baptist, Lutheran. Mine was sinner. First church I ever walked, and I tell people all the time, listen, we have reinforced ceilings. The roof won't fall in if you walk through the door. Don't sweat it. This should be a place where messed up people come to find truth. The only thing I ever ask our worship team or anything else, I want the presence of God here. Nothing else matters to me. Because if the presence of God isn't here, then we might as well go somewhere else. That's the thing that changes people. I'd like to think it's my powerful preaching. But it's only the Holy Spirit through the words that I'm speaking that have the power. It's not me. So it says in Matthew 6.33, what are we supposed to do? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto. And if you back up and read a little bit more, it talks about all the things that you can have. But you've got to seek the kingdom of God, his rule and his reign first. So many people say, yep, he's my savior, and go, that's as far as I'm going. They never get to the part where he's Lord. Because you have to give up your will. There's some things you have to give up, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. See, most people operate out of the soul realm. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, let me break this down for you. We are a spirit being. We are a spirit. We have a soul a mind, will, and emotion. We live in this package called a body. Everybody understand that? I'm not going to get real, real deep into that, but I want you to understand that because there is a fight that goes on in you between your soul and the Spirit of God. And I submit to you, most people make decisions and base the directions and what they, based on their soul rather than the Spirit of God or the Word of God based on truth. Okay, well, let me, I'll, I'll, get to, I'll get to here. Now, there's a couple of mindsets that I want to talk about. Now, probably my grandparents, they kind of had a mindset. If you told them something, they believed it. Okay? Then we had a generation come along, probably my generation, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, generation of, if it was logical and it made sense, we'd believe it. Now we have a generation that is all driven by emotion. What I feel, if I don't feel, what I feel, I believe. If I can feel it, then maybe I'll believe it. Do you know that every one of those mindsets is wrong? Every one of them. It's got to be, your truth has to come from the Word of God. There's too many people that are saying, well, you know, if the Lord wants to reveal Himself to me, I'll be walking down the street, and boom, He'll just hit me with it. No, the Bible is very clear. You seek and you find. You knock it'll be open. You ask, it'll be given. You have got to do something. But too many people are saying, I'm not doing nothing, Lord, you got to do it. He's saying, I died. What more do you want? 
We have got to decide to get to a place of we are going to seek him in that intimate, intimate relationship because no one can do that but you. So again, I'm going to ask you, why are you here? Why are you here? My prayer, my hope is that you're here and there's something that I can give you. My, I'm, listen, I am not a super deep theological guy. I am a very practical preacher. This word works. It's got to work today. You should be able to apply this when you walk out of here today. You should, uh, what I really hope, I'm hoping for, that you can discern when it's time to make a decision, that you're going to make it based on the Spirit of God or the Word of God and truth rather than my, by your soul, mind, will, emotions. Because if I made my decisions based on my emotions, there'd be a whole bunch of toothless people walking around. Because I'm driven by my emotions, my soul. No. But the Lord says, turn the other cheek. Now, when I was younger in the Lord, now I got to say, I've learned a little bit since then. When I was younger in the Lord, I read the Bible, and it says, somebody slaps you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. And I thought to myself, okay, Bible, I'll do that. I'll turn the other cheek. And then I thought, the soul part of me, the scout part of me said, you hit that one, we're going to fight. Slap this one, I'll turn the other cheek, slap that one, and it, it's on now. I've done what the Bible said. I was a little young in the Lord, didn't understand everything. But see, we've got to get to the point where it's not based on what we feel, what we see, what we think, not our soul. But this is what the Word of God says. If it says it here, I believe it, and I can walk it out, and I will do it. But most people will not do this because, you know, when I was younger, and I'll tell you why most people don't do this. When I was younger... If I was going to ask my mom to, you know, my, my dad wasn't around, if I was going to ask my mom did I wanted to do something and know she might say no, I wouldn't ask her. I'd just go do it. And then if she got mad at me, I'd just say, well, gosh, I never thought you'd be upset. About, I never thought you would tell me no. <laughs> Lying little stinker. But see, that's the thing. Most people won't seek the Lord because they don't really want to hear what he has to tell them because it may be contrary to what they want. Lord, I want you to deal with that grouchy old person. And he'll, say, and, he'll, and he'll probably tell you, hey, repent and bless them. Wait a second. I don't want to. Okay, you. Are you God or is he God? Are you going to obey him or are you not going to obey him? Who are you going to obey? Your soul can obey itself. Who's, who's, who's God in your life? Who is the Lord? See, this is where the transition people have a tough time. Savior, yes. Lord, maybe. Walk by the Spirit, never. Because that's very uncomfortable. When I say walk by the Spirit, I mean walk by what the, the Word of God has to say. It always comes back to that. See, we don't get to decide if we seek or not. We have to seek. So I want to talk about the soul versus the spirit. Here's what it says. In John 4, 24, it says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The spirit is your whole heart, your inner being. The truth is his word, your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions. What that means is you decide. You get to decide whether you seek him. You get to decide whether you worship him. You get to decide. Most people make decisions out of that realm. Most people, our lives are driven by emotion. 
by what they think and by what they feel. And I'm going to tell you what, when you are making decisions based, driven by that, they don't always turn out so good. You're mighty quiet in this charismatic church today. You're listening hard, aren't you? Thank you, thank you. See, right there, that's finished the Popeye. That's another 25 minutes right there. <laughs> Psalms 84, 2. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. Me, I, long, yes, my soul even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Psalm 63, 1. I know I'm going fast for the guy in the computer back there. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh for yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. Psalms 119.81, my soul faints for your salvation, but I hope in your word. See, for whatever reason, the Lord set it up that we have a will, this part of our soul realm. You choose. I submit to you, most people never ever seek the Lord or His truth when it comes to solving problems or in their life. This is what I think. This is what I've been told. This is what I believe. And that's why we've got all these... That's why the world, the human system, the humanistic system that we have is, is this planet today. I'm God. Everything revolves around me. If I don't like it, then it can't be right. Do you know there's a thing called relative truth today? My truth is my truth if it's relevant to me, irrelevant to me. It's a, if it's my truth, then it is truth. No, there's one truth. And this is it. And guess what? You get to decide whether you believe that or not. You get to decide whether you want to walk that out or not. You get to decide whether you live contrary to that or not. You get to decide. Your mind, in your soul realm. In the soul versus spirit, you, you've got to make a decision. And again, so we get back to why are you here? We don't have a spiritual problem. We've got a seeking and obedience problem. Who are you seeking and who are you obeying? Kids, are, kids, get, kids get this really quickly. They find out which parent is the easiest, and that's who they always go to. They'll obey that one all the time. You know, mom was a little bit of a softer cell than dad, so dad didn't get questioned a lot. Because, you know, well, Dad, it's always no with you. Mom at least says yes once in a while. See, we, we tended to go where we think it's going to get what we want. So, what are you seeking? Where are you seeking it? Now, how do you begin this walk of intimacy? And it's very important. Matthew 7 and verse 7 says, Ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. For everyone who asks receives and who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be open. So again, guess what? When you guys are back at your classes and this and that and the other, when you've got decisions to make, you can make your decisions based on the truth of God's word or you can make a decision based on the soul realm. And one of those, you're going to have an end to either one of those. It's not going to be good if it's soul realm. I'll give you an example. Just recently I was talking to a friend of mine. 
And he was involved with a lawyer, and there was some, a lawsuit, and there were some things going on. The lawyer called him in and said, listen, I need you to come to court, and I need you to say this, this, and this, and this. If you do this, this thing is going to go well. We'll get through this. You're gonna, it's going to be a reward. But basically, he was telling him, listen, lie. Tell him you did this when you really didn't do it, but if you do it this way, he had a decision right there. Which was, gonna, was, it, was it gonna be the Spirit of God, the truth gonna win out? Or was his mind, will, and emotions gonna say, hey, you know what? If I do this, it's gonna be easier and it's gonna be better, but it's not going to be. Because at the end of the day, then who's gotta back that decision? The Lord can't. You have to. So he refused to do it. And he, he called, and I, I was praying for him. He was concerned about this. And I said, look, we're going to pray. And you do what God would have you do. And it turned all the way around, and it wasn't anything like it, that the lawyer was saying it was going to be. And, it, it, and God, now, this thing isn't completely resolved yet, but that man can now stand before God and say, no, I stood in righteousness. Why? Because he was obedient to the truth of the word of God, not his soul. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, in my life, he was the last thing that I ever tried. And I tried everything else. You know, I wasn't a bad guy, but there was an emptiness in my life. And, of course, I say I wasn't a bad guy. There may be a few people around that say, yeah, you were a bad guy. If the Lord had any pride in him at all, he wouldn't have taken me, because he was my last choice. My last choice. But he received me. Why? And I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't because I was walking down the street one day and he said, bang, you need me. No, I knew all along. I'll tell you what happened. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll never forget. I was in college. Had a girlfriend. Broke up with my girlfriend. I was kind of boo-hooing. Yeah, not, not really boo-hooing, but, you know, wanting people to feel sorry for me. So... I'm driving around, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, there's no place open to get a beer, because I was just going to go, you know, sit and, you know, have, have the bartender counsel me. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, this had to have been the Lord. My car wound up in a pastor's driveway. Now, I knew the guy, and I thought, well, you know, okay, I'm here, I'll go and talk to him, you know, and boo-hoo to him for an hour and feel better, and then, you know, I'll go get a drink. I knocked on the door, and he looked at me, and he said, Hey, how you doing, Pastor? You know, and, and he says, Scout, so glad to see you. Come on in, you know. Been waiting for you. I'm like, well, that was kind of a weird greeting. <laughs> so then we were talking, and I start pouring out a thing. He starts laughing. I'm getting mad. I'm like, dude, I'm in pain. I'm suffering, and you're laughing. <laughs> and he says, when are you just going to quit running? When are you going to decide? And I said, you know, I think right now. There was no bells and whistles. I just made a decision. But see, at that moment, I decided to seek the Lord rather than my own way. Changed my entire life. It's why I'm standing here today. But I had to do the seeking. The Lord is always there saying, if you seek me, you will find me. No matter what condition, no matter what state, no matter where. Again, doing yoga, yoga, man, and deep meditation yoga and 
because he was seeking truth. I am, listen, I am not suggesting y'all go start yoga. Please. And don't get out your power crystal saying, I'm going to find God. No. I'm just, just an example. I, see, sometimes you got to clarify these things. Because next, you know, next week we'll be going, hmm, no. If you want to find get in the word of God and you will find him. Seek him. But see, too many decisions are made, being made out of the soul realm, the mind, the will, the emotions. And, and, and we've got college kids here, our millennials. I'm so blessed that you are here today. I mean, you guys get slammed a lot, but thank God you're here. You know, but I do want to say this. Do not base your decisions on your emotions, on what you feel. Well, I went there and I didn't feel anything because here's the problem. Millennials, but you're not the only one that has these problems. We have problems too. If if I can, if if you if it has some great impact on me and it makes changes free from me from the outside, then I'll believe it. That is absolutely not faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't even find him without faith. Thank you. I'm trying really hard. Seek first the kingdom. That's what it's about. It says right here, but without faith in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it's impossible to please him. For he comes to God, must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does he reward you with? Salvation to start with. Lordship and the spirit of God within you to lead you and guide you into all truth and give you peace and joy in the middle of your tribulations and your trials that you're going to have because the Bible is pretty clear. So when you're going through some stuff, the Bible says count it all joy. Not for the stuff, but because you've got a Savior that will bring you through it. You have hope. I'm going to tell you what, Tom Hope has hope today in a Savior. Somebody that doesn't have Jesus, they're hoping beyond hope that, my God, I hope the doctors get it all right because that's the only answer I've got. No, my answer is my hope is in Jesus. He's going to, he's going to guide the hands of that surgeon. When I had my eye surgery, experimental surgery, never been done in the United States, before the doc says well i'm gonna try it i said you can try it but you're not guiding the scalpel dude my lord is and he looked at me and said well okay i said no it's not okay that's the truth there's nothing you're gonna do to me that god's not he's i'm done it's done god's taking care of this he may use your hand but it's the lord doing i had hope otherwise i'm going under the you know my i'm counting 10 9 trying to stay awake you know you know how that goes, because I was at the anesthesia, I was determined, I'm going to stay awake. They're not going to put me down. Blah, blah, blah. Ten. <laughs> then I woke up. Is it over yet? Some of you know how that goes. So that word seek, you know what seek means? To press in. To go after. To pursue. Now, I got born again. That, uh, that was a Saturday I got born again. That Wednesday, the pastor invited me to a Bible study to his house. I went to his house. Guess who just got back from Kenya from a missions trip and was at that Bible study? My woman. I said, woo, this Christianity thing is not a bad deal. Yeah. I'm thinking I can hook up with this. Perk from God. Yay, God. She wouldn't even look at me. First time I asked her out, I tried to hold her hand. She looked at me like, what are you doing? said, holding your hand. No, you're not. 
I'm like, oh, I don't understand this, God. Look at me. Some of you got it. But here's the question. Do you truly seek him in spirit and in truth? Or is it a soulish thing? God, if you, if you make me feel good, I'll follow you. Well, what if you're not feeling good? You're still going to follow him? Do you, how many decisions do you make because you've convinced yourself this is right for me? What does the Lord say? Sometimes what's right for us isn't always right in God's sight. I don't know about you, but I have, I've hit my head more times making my own decisions, run into a roadblock, when all I had to do is say, Lord, guide me, show me, direct me. Sometimes, again, we said the answer is no, but we don't like to hear that. What do you mean no? But I want that. You have children. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I, I never got concerned because I thought when you pass out, you'll breathe. Now, do you truly seek him in the word, in prayer, in worship, in fellowship, in church? Do you know what I truly believe this? I believe that coming together as the body of Christ helps us learn how to walk as Christians. Trials included. That's right. Because that person you're sitting next to, you may not even like. Oh, in church? Yeah, in church. But the Lord uses every situation. Now, if you're sitting with your husband or your wife, that's not the case. But I'm telling you what, in this place, we have trials. This is a great place to learn how to work relationships out. Because if you can't do it here, what prayer have you got out there? But it's, it's the soul realm that gets us in trouble. I want it my way. You know, anytime it's an argument, it's because you want your way and they want their way. And people come to me and say, help us figure this out. And I'm no good at counseling. I'll tell you why. Because I tell them, I'm not on your side. I'm not on your side. This is what the Bible says. Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> End of the session. 15 seconds. Don't need three hours. <laughs> now, lately, you know, what I've done is says, well, you know what? You're having a problem. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to fast and pray for three days. And if you still have a problem, call me. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I don't like this church. There's no love here. But there's truth. And, and the other thing is that, you know, that word fast. Listen, some of you may need to fast. And fasting, listen, don't get, see, we get confused. Sometimes we think, I'm going to fast because I'm going to twist God's arm to give him what I, get me what I want. No, it's so you can hear from him. Now, you say the word fast, I know it's a four-letter word in the body of Christ. But you say, I can work 12 hours in a day. I'm going, I don't think about food. You know, I'm, you, well, you know, you're mudding and all of a sudden lunch is gone. It's time for supper. You're not even hungry. You say the word fast, 15 minutes later, I mean, you got pasty mouth. And I mean, your, your body's twitching and you're feeling weak. And, and you're thinking, I don't have any energy. And I know if I don't eat something soon, I'm going to pass out. I just know it. Lord, Lord, the sacrifice I'm making for you. Maybe I'm the only one. I mean, I say the word fast and I get a hunger pain. It's the truth. So guess what? Your flesh, your soul will talk you out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it will. I've gone 12 whole hours with eating. It's not healthy to do that, you know. <laughs> Dr. Oz says. Huh? 
fasting is really good. It is. See, I'm going to wind it down here because next week I'm going to get into how do you maintain your intimacy? Again, why are you here? That's the question. Why are you here? And again, if it's because of the pretty music or the fancy preaching or because I'm just socializing, those are all great things. But there better be something deeper. Has to be. That will, this won't sustain you. Because the first time they play a song you don't like, the first time the preacher doesn't say something you like, the first time one of your brothers or sisters doesn't greet you in the Lord, out of here. You get the stink eye. I get lots of stink eyes from people in, con- in, in the congregation. I'm immune to it anymore. So give me your best shot. It's okay. She's just praising God. That's all right. We're good. We're kid friendly here. Don't you worry, Mom. All right. So let me wind this down. See, many are waiting for the Lord to do something to them. They need to allow Him to do it in them. You seek, you find, you change. You know, I can tell when people stop seeking because they stop changing. And I, I have watched people. You watch somebody that gets born again and they're just on fire for God. And man, they're just gobbling everything and they're so excited. And then you get some of these mature Christians say, settle down a little bit. You need to calm yourself down. When you mature a little bit like me, you'll be a little bit more respectful and respectable. Shut up, you religious toad. You know, because I, I had a guy, I had a guy, I had been born again, and I'm, I'm still a little bit psycho for Jesus. And, and he said, he told me, this was after a couple years, he says, I never ever thought you could maintain that enthusiasm. I'm thinking, why not? It's the greatest thing since sliced bread, this Jesus. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I love chocolate chip cookies. Nothing compared to Jesus. But, but I see people doing, well, you know, they'll settle down once they get the deeper things of Christ. <laughs> if that's getting deeper, I don't want any part of it. Now, I understand that you will mature as you grow, you know, because all of a sudden you'll be not being, doing silly things like kids do silly things, and when they grow up, they don't do those silly things. And I understand that, and the Lord, you'll grow too. But are you seeking? I've watched people. They're all excited, and then all of a sudden, where are they? They stop seeking the Lord. When you stop seeking, you stop finding. When you stop finding, you stop changing. When you stop changing, you're going backwards. But I've watched people. I've watched them make a soulful decision. They've willfully decided, I'm gone as far as I'm going. I've been doing this for 475 years. It's time for somebody else to do it. Oh, did Jesus stop dying for you? When did he stop dying for you? I, I'm in for, this is a lifetime contract. Now I may change, I may slow down a little bit, he may change my avenues, I may have to do something a little different. I do not see a retirement plan in the kingdom. No, he just refires you and sets you in a different direction. Amen? So, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, now, I'm going to be gone in a couple weeks and Gary Malport is going to be here talking about ministry of helps, that would be a good one to listen to. Because the Holy Spirit wants us all involved at some level, doing something. Because I can't do it all, nor do I want to, nor will I. Because that will stunt the growth of this body. Amen. 
Am I doing good? Am I doing all right? This is my buddy back here. He knows this is a word man. And I like bouncing things off him because if I know if, he's in, if I'm okay with him, I'm okay. <laughs> and I'm very blessed that I've got seasoned people around me to help me. Because there's, there's congregations that pastors are getting up and doing screwy, crazy things, and congregations are cheering them on, and it's all soulish. There's no spirit behind it at all. I mean, true story, and I'm going to end with this, honestly. This is a true story. It's, it, it's tragic, but I'm making my point about soul realm, spirit realm. There was a pastor, got up, said, congregation, please pray for me and my wife. We're having problems. The next week comes up, congregation, it doesn't look like me and my wife, it doesn't look like we're going to make it. Things aren't good, pray. Third week, this is the third week. Wife sitting on the front row, comes up and says, thank you for your prayers. God has given us a breakthrough. The Lord has provided. And the young worship leader gal comes up behind him, beside him, this is going to be my new wife. If that ever happens here, please exit judiciously out the door. That's lunacy. Okay? I want to know where the spirit of the truth was in any of that. That was 100% soul realm decision making. Well, you could, also, you could call it demonic if you wanted to, if you wanted to go that far. That's craziness. So again, if you stop seeking, you're going to quit. You're not going to go as deep. You're going to, and I've watched people stop growing because they stop seeking. When you get to the point where you think, I'm good, you're not good. That's a dangerous place for a Christian to be. I always want to be growing and going forward. Always, always, always. And listen, you college kids, man, I want you to know you have a special place in my heart. And in this congregation, we pray for you because we know how difficult it is where you're at. We know what you deal with. We know what you're going through. I'm saying don't bend to it. God will strengthen you, and he'll give you the voice and the platform that you need to stand in this hour. You've got, if there isn't another person on this planet, this congregation is standing with you. Amen. All right, well, hey, I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. So next week, the, 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 the why are you here is how do you maintain this intimacy? How do you maintain it? There's a few things, keys I'm going to give you. You may have your own, but there's a few things I want to talk to you about. But I hope, the whole thing I hope, that you go tomorrow, and when it comes decision time, you can ask yourself, what am I making this decision based on? My emotions, my will, my mind, or the Spirit of the Lord and the truth of words God, God's Word? That'll help us make good decisions. They may not always be easy decisions, and walking them out may not always be easy, but it'll be right, and there'll be fruit, and there'll be peace, and there'll be joy in the end. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Thank you for being, huh? I am going to pray for the, uh, the uh, food. Now, again, college kids, it's what, the third Sunday of every, last Sunday of every month? Bring your friends. It's a free meal. Praise God. It's not ramen noodles. <laughs> Father, we give you praise today. We thank you for the food. We ask your hands that have prepared it, that you bless them. We thank you that you bless this time of fellowship that we have one with another. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord took these words today and your presence, that you, you imparted them, Lord, 
Lord, that it was you and that people could glean from this. And Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would use it and guide and direct people's lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday afternoon.